In this episode of The Ziggler Show, Jess Ekstrom is back with me to share her habits for success and the difficulty she has in finding calm and clarity, which she's come to realize are foundational for her life and her gut reaction to start doing is not the answer. Welcome everyone, I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziggler Show, where our focus is increasing your performance in your personal and professional life, drawing straight from the legacy of one of the most inspiring leaders of our age, Zig Ziglar. This is my habits episode I do with almost every guest, because what you hear is all these leaders and high achievers are just real regular people. They are not special, but they are real regular people who get superior results from their lives because they choose to do special things things, things you and I can do too. Jess Ekstrom, she's the renowned founder of Headbands of Hope and was my guest in episode 845, where we talked about the strategy of optimism. This again is my habits show. And she began by citing coffee as her first priority habit of the day, which will endear her to many of you as it did me. Uh, but then she hit on something really close to home uh, for me in saying she's come to realize the value of seeking calm and clarity before she lets her day get rolling. She often wakes with anxiety and angst in the morning with so many thoughts swimming in her head. And she used to try and address it by doing things, but now knows that that doesn't calm her. So even unplugging just for 10 minutes to focus on her breathing and then making sense of her thoughts by writing them down because then they don't seem so scary. And she shares how long she went with her goal to get to zero in essence, you know, cross everything off the to-do list and be calm. Uh, but she says, I've never been at zero. I'll always be getting there. There's never been an arrival. And I think right there, so many of you will resonate as I did and will want to hear more from Jess. And on the note of her morning writing, I highly encourage you to visit brightpages.com. It's her new online guided journal platform. You can sign up and use code Ziggler, and she's given us all a free month. Uh, in her book, Chasing the Bright Side, Embrace Optimism, activate your purpose and write your own story was the muse of our first show together. You can find it wherever you get books. If you're new to The Ziggler Show, it is one of my three podcasts. You can find them all and more at my website, kevinmiller.co, or on social media at Kevin Miller Co. At the website, you'll find some show highlights and resources and videos of me with all the guests and co-hosts. Uh, my Motive podcast is my flagship, and we're here on The Ziggler Show. We talk a lot about what people have done. In my Motive podcast, we talk about why they've done it, their reasons for doing all they've done, good and bad. I believe Motive is a root issue of all personal development and one we as a culture are missing. Then I've got the True Life Podcast where my co-host, Dr. Randy James, and I talk about your health and wellness, but more importantly, the psychology of striving to be well in this unwell culture. The point is not health and wellness in and of itself, but as a means to an end. If you want your life running at top notch, you need to be too. In all the shows, we do a lot of engagement. I invite you to join us on Facebook at Kevin Meller Co. All right, I've gotten into the habit lately of asking as my lead-off question with these because I just realized it's really what I'm most interested in is when push comes to shove, deadlines are happening, it's going to be that busy day, what are some of the top key habits that you have for your own success that are going to be paramount? You're not going to let them go. I mean, definitely coffee. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm definitely a coffee drinker. I've done caffeine cleanses, worst weeks of my life. But um, <laughs> yeah. So 
I think that one of the things that I need before I start my day, no matter how busy it is, is just calm and clarity because I am naturally like I have the, I feel like I have the heart rate of a hummingbird. I just like want to buzz off walls and do things that, um, I get a lot of anxiety from it and I'll wake up in the morning just with this like angsty, all these things swimming in my head. Um, and, and feel like the way that I'll be able to calm it is by doing things. And I realize that that's actually not how I calm it. Um, so a few things that I do in the morning, I've been trying to meditate and this year I really tried to take it seriously. Um, I have like my insight timer that I use and even when I'm bad at it, it still is helpful just by unplugging for like 10 minutes and just focusing on my breath. Um, and so meditating, I won't say that I do it every day, but definitely when um, things feel a little bit more chaotic, I try to find some stillness, yeah. but uh always journaling 15 minutes every morning. Uh, and now that I have bright pages to do it, it's easier, but making sense of my thoughts, writing them down because they don't seem that scary when you put them on paper. Uh, so you mentioned that you use a device. I have, I'll make a call out to my own self-promotion on my true life podcast. We had, uh, Ariel Garten on there. It was episode 45. If folks want to check it out and she's the founder of muse, which is a headband that you use. And I've been using that because yeah, it helps me not, I don't, I don't know. I want to say not lose track and get distracted, but at least alerts me, uh, when I do, because we should be in a therapy group together. Yeah. I'm the, I get up in the morning, even on a sabbatical day and I'm brushing my teeth fast and ready to go. And yeah. Oh my goodness. And you think that the day is going to run away from me when really like you're doing the day a disservice by not taking time for yourself. Yeah. And it's funny, like, you know, whenever you take that time for yourself, whether it's, meditation or journaling or yoga or whatever it is. And then the rest of the day, things just kind of start to go right. You know, things just seem manageable. It's not a coincidence. It's because you got centered and are able to handle things more. Um, And so it was funny. I was like, oh, really, whenever I journal in the morning, maybe it's just like serendipitous that my day goes better. And no, they're definitely linked. Okay, so I'm. This is. I'm trying to go through your habits here, but I've just. You've hit. Uh, you've hit a soft spot for me in that. In what you said, and I. Did, I wasn't quick enough to write it down, but in essence, that you. I'm going to paraphrase here. You can tell me how you said it, but you medicate by doing. That's what makes you Mm -hmm. feel at peace initially, because that is, there was a time period where I realized I'm addicted to productivity and Mm -hmm. I've got to stop. I can't rest. I can't play. I can't recreate. It's just, Mm -hmm. I got to produce. And, but that's, that's it. When I get the more stressed I get, that is what I want to do. It's like my, my, I was going to say my happy place. That's, I don't know if that's true, but it's, that's right. Security. Yeah. How did you Mm -hmm. say it? You said it in so many words. Yeah. I I can't tell you how I said it, but I know what you're saying. Um, I think that my goal was to get to zero. I'm like, Oh, if only I can just answer all of these DMS, answer all of these emails, cross off everything on my to-do list, then I'll be at zero, which is like your, my, you know, calming place. I don't think I've ever been at zero. I don't think anyone's ever been at zero. There's never this time where you're like, oh, kick my feet up on the table, turn on Netflix. I think I've really done everything there is to do. 
And so when you realize that you're always going to be getting there, you know, there's never an arrival, um, then you just understand that the actual process of productivity and completing things um, shouldn't be the goal of a zero, but the goal of doing them well and enjoying them. Um, and so instead of approaching it from this like angsty ambition, approach it from an inspired ambition. And so I think that we can do that by making sense of our thoughts through journaling in the morning or meditating or whatever that might be, where you're not, you know, trying to, um, put out fires, you know, you're trying to place things in the right way. I wonder if you would resonate. So in my true life podcast, my co-host is my, my closest friend outside of my wife, Dr. Randy James, and he knows me and it was us talking together. And he says, Kevin, you've got to do the hard work of relaxation. Mm. I, yeah, that, that, that makes sense to me. Well, okay. I want to get into some other, so on the, if we're looking at the habits on the personal health, you know, physical wellness and nutrition. I want to know what you do, but I want to pull out before we hit that though. And it's something that I just, I didn't, I didn't go down that vein in the first show, but you have, you live on the road mm-hmm. uh, and we didn't talk about that. You live full time with your husband in an Airstream. How long have you guys been doing it? Two years. Have you really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I dug that because my sister, uh, Ashley Logston, people can find her on Instagram at field trip gypsies. They just came off. Well, it was COVID that stopped it and they came off of, I think three years full on. The, oh wow. Yeah. The two of them and their three girls. That's awesome. Uh, and so they just bought a house, but then they just immediately took off and they're off again somewhere. Um, yeah. So you're doing that. So I thought that's got to make I thought for me, from a physical aspect, I, I, I enjoy getting out and doing my exercise and all that kind of stuff. It's got to be, well, I don't know. Is it harder or is it easier? Cause you go to cool places. It's funny. Yeah. So bef- pre Airstream life, yeah. I was gym membership every morning. You'd see me in there at, you know, six thirty, seven 7 o'clock. Uh, and I had either my class or whatever I was going to do. And then once we started living in the Airstream, you know, there's not gym memberships that you go to in all these different cities. And, uh, I started to get nervous. I'm like, what, you know, am I, is my fitness level going to go down? And, um, but then I realized that like every single place we go, there's something that we can go explore and move, uh, whether it's a hike bike path, I got really into biking the past two years. Um, it's funny. I almost didn't even bring my bike on this trip because I was like, Oh, I don't really bike that much. And now it is my primary mode of transportation. I'm obsessed with it. I'm like, isn't it crazy how we think we know ourselves so well. And then we realize that we don't, but, um, so I think that over the past two years being in the Airstream, I've switched from this, um, idea of physical fitness from this, you know, kind of cookie cutter gym, to movement. How can I get outside, move my body, hike, you know, run with my dog, whatever it might be that in a way that feels good. Yeah. Uh, so what about on, so that is your, your norm there. How about on the nutrition side, anything specific that you do there? I don't do meat and that's new for me. Um, why, you know, about four months ago, uh, I read a book called Sapiens. Have you read that yet? A part of it. I actually, my, okay. one of my sons swiped it 
And I asked that guy, my, he went on enough about it. I thought, oh, I didn't need to contact the guy. And I tried to contact the author. Yeah. And yeah. at the time they said, he's just, he's not even doing anything. No interviews. Yeah, no I think his book's selling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think he just doesn't care. Yeah. To, okay. Um, well, tell me. But yeah. yeah. So in the book, uh, and I'm not someone that's like, oh, you know, no one can eat meat. But one of the things that I, that I realized was like some habits and traditions that were started so long ago because of one person or one thing that has just carried on, not because it makes sense, but just because it's just been the pattern. It's just been the tradition. And one of those was, you know, eating meat and um, how that maybe we weren't supposed to, or maybe that's not something that's best for us, that it's just one person, one thing, one moment started it. And it's the same thing with like, you know, money and how there was just this one moment where trade wasn't working anymore. And like, let's attach meaning to this silver coin. Um, and so that book kind of with a, you know, brief history of humankind or whatever it was. And, you know, you can take everything with a grain of salt or tread lightly, but it made me think about, um, what decisions and habits have I formed today just because of one person or one thing that happened so many years ago. Um, and so I decided just to try it and see, and, uh, and it's actually made me feel pretty light. And, um, and I don't just base my meals around that one single piece of protein. It's, I love cooking and it's inspired me to really get creative with these dishes and find other ways to get protein sources. So this is fairly new and you and your, you and your husband are both both doing it fully? My husband is not. He's, oh, really? My husband's a, a division one football player. Um, and he's six, five and a uh, big dude. And so he is like, you have fun. Uh, so whatever I yeah. make, um, I also will just make like a piece of chicken or a steak or something that he'll have my stuff and that, but, uh, bless him. He, I think that would be like his version of an escape room of like going vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so good. So at least you have his support, not the, the Oh yeah. Opposite. Yeah. He's really good at that too. Cause I've always loved testing and trying different things. I'm like, Oh, this week I'm doing like cold tub every day, or I'm going to do this. And he's like, you yeah. got it. You know, keep going. Well, so. yeah, you talked about that guy just on an off tangent there. My wife's reading a book called the obesity code right now. And she's been telling me about it. And it's a lot of that too. Like it, how sugar got to where it is and the non-fat type thing in America. And it came from some decisions that were made and passed down. So yeah, he's not the only one uh, saying yeah. that. So, you know, on, on relationships as a primary spoke too. again, I thought that's interesting with you traveling. Does that make it difficult or are you able to maintain relationships with those that you care about through, you know, phone and zoom, which of course a lot of people are doing these days because travel or not, they're stuck at home or whatever. But how has that been for you for the past couple of years? I mean, my relationship with my husband, I mean, it is a different marriage having been in the Airstream than it was when we left before we left, you know, I was starting my business. He was, um, in sales and then, we hit the road and we realized that him doing his sales job remote um, just wasn't working with Wi-Fi and cell signal. And uh, so he left his job and can, I mean, was thinking about maybe what he might want to do next. And then I realized I was like, I need some help with things over at my business. And, and so he came and started working with me. And now he is like such a big part of my company and, I realized like our brains are so different that the things that I dread are the things that he loves. And uh, there was definitely some learning curves, but 
had we not taken this trip in the Airstream, we would have never taken that leap and discovered that we could run a business together. Yeah. Um, and so it really has changed our relationship in a way that we now have this like thread that we're both working on, um, that we're both sewing. And it, it's been really cool, actually. You are listening to The Ziegler Show in this Habits episode with Jess Ekstrom. Next, she shares how she came to a time of feeling lost in her business and realizing she can't control everything and finding her personal faith through that. Here are some great resources for you. Then we'll be back with Jess. So you did say the, uh, right now you're in a house. You guys just got, you just mm-hmm. came back to your home. Is that right? So it's yeah, one that you've yeah. kept. Are, we, so yeah. are you off the road for a while now? road for a little bit. We'll go back out again next summer and do the Northeast. That's like the last part of the country that we haven't hit. Um, but we're going to, you know, try to work on this house for a little bit and, and be settled for, uh, it's funny. I I've been really looking forward to this. I'm like, Oh, I just want to be in a house and, uh, have a Wi-Fi signal and like, you know, just have that stability, but I can already feel next week. I'm going to be like, you know, I'm a free bird. Let's go back out on the road. That is, that is fun. All right. Well, tell me about your, now, again, we've talked about, you know, journaling. What about just the spiritual faith side of life? What do you pursue there yeah. on a consistent basis? Well, I wasn't raised going to church or really anything. Um, my mom's Jewish and, you know, so we learned a little bit here and there, but they really just taught me and my sister to be good people. And it wasn't until, um, I was feeling kind of lost running my business and, uh, just, uh, felt like I was gripping the future so tightly. Um, what I wanted specific outcomes, um, what I wanted people to do, uh, how I wanted people to show up and then being really let down when things didn't pan out hmm. the exact way that I pictured it. And it was through a few conversations um, with people who are really strong in their faith that showed me that, like, I can't control the future. And I, you know, can't this like life that isn't a chessboard that I can move all the pieces to. But I can have faith that it'll be good. And I know in the previous episode, we talked a lot about optimism. And that's truly what I believe it is, is just this rooted faith that you might not know what's going to happen but you know that it's going to be good and that you can be the one to, to bring it there. And so I think that that's where um, my faith really lies now is just like lessening my grip on the future and trusting something higher that is, it's going to turn out, you know, and that has done wonders for my mental health, but also just for my business and not just being so singular driven on goals and being more open-minded to outcomes. So in our first show together, which folks, if you didn't hear that, it was episode 845, you talked about the beginning of Headbands for Hope and your heart for these kids who had cancer, going through chemotherapy and whatnot. And then toward, I think it was towards the end of the show, you told a story about, you did about, it was about the, being at the trade show and getting the call from a girl who you had just been uh, seen in the hospital, I think a week before and she passed away. So I assume that that is something that you are still consistently as a part of your life. And my thought is if you're with these kids who many of them are terminally ill, uh, but Mm -hmm. it's tragic either way, 
it'd be hard to deal with without some aspect of faith, would it not? Totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, it's hard to deal with, but to realize that it's not in my control and that there is something out there that is taking care of them. Um, I actually created this, uh, I call it a perspective anchor, you know, something that just kind of brings you back down to, you know, that North star. And I created this folder on my computer and it is all of the pictures that I've gotten from kids, um, parents, letters, you know, letters from like even nurses that have gotten our headbands and been able to distribute them. And I keep it on my computer, on my desktop. And whenever I'm feeling lost or whenever I'm feeling down, I open up that file and I can just kind of go through it and um, just realize like what all this is, what all this is for, what it all means. And, you know, at the end of that last episode that we were talking about, you were talking about how things can get hard and just because you're doing something good and meaningful doesn't mean it's easy, but I think for me, that, that faith component means that it's worth it, yeah. like that it's worth something. And is that a consistent part, the stories? I mean, I know that you said you're not as active in headbands of hope. You've got a CEO, you've got a president, but that mm-hmm. aspect of the purpose of it, the heart of it is something, is that where you stay connected? Yeah, that is absolutely where I can draw the line um, between that and just like my time here on this earth. Like, I just want to be able to look back and say like, yeah, it's a little bit brighter because of me being here. Um, And I think that that is what, that's my true goal. Like, yes, it's um, been great to start a successful business and, you know, whether that's financially or just some of the fun things that have come from it. But I don't want to look back and wonder if I could have done more. Um, and I think with Headbands of Hope, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm leaving my mark. Well, obviously you have and you, and you are. You know, you mentioned finances. And, you know, sometimes generally the people that I have on the show, by the time they're here on the show, they've done pretty well financially. Uh, and so to look at the financial habits, I'm sure you have some, but with you, I'm curious, you teach and guide and lead people in business. What are some of your primary, you know, for those who are looking at going into business for themselves, becoming an entrepreneur, a couple of the financial principles that you would put as top notch for them to, that you would want them to hold on to? Pick one metric. And, um, I know like for us, you know, our, our website is run on Shopify and they give you like so many different numbers that you can look at. I would, I would tell you pick the one thing that determines the heartbeat of your business. So for us, it's headbands donated because we know however many headbands we donated is also an indicator of our sales of how everything is running. Um, so if we can look at that, and see if we're on par, then that tells us the story of everything else. But I think in the beginning, you know, not being a numbers person, I would get really overwhelmed by all of these different numbers. Um, And so by picking one number that truly matters, like what is the most encompassing number that that you can look at in your business and and just start there. Don't try to absorb everything about it. Awesome. Last one uh, is the personal spoke. And to give that a little structure, 
I look at, you know, is there a hobby? What are the fun? What are the things that you play with? It's just for you. It could be self-care, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but the things that you do just for you. My dog, I, (laughs) my dog is like one of the lights of my life. I know that sounds ridiculous, but gets me outside, gets me going playful. And also I'm a mean ping pong player. So my husband and I go to town. How do you play ping ping pong on the road? Okay. So there's actually this contraption that you can, any picnic table can be a ping pong table. So it's this net that has these expandable sides that you can clip it on to a picnic table and you have your paddles. And so we played ping pong underneath the redwoods. I mean, in the Grand Canyon, we'll play anywhere. That is, I have not, I have, that's the first time I've gotten ping pong as a response there. <laughs> that's, that's excellent. What about just like on the, what you would say for the self-care, what you do to keep yourself grounded or full, self-care. let me say full to keep yourself full. Keeping myself full. I think that I'm all for treating yourself. Like I, I think that when you, um, find something that makes you feel good. For me, it's massage. Like, I'm like, I have, I I have like carry tension in my neck and I'm like, for a while, I just tried to tough it out. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing well. Like, let me just indulge myself. And so, um, just getting like my monthly massage and just as a treat to myself, I think just reminds you that like you're working hard and for what, you know, and you can still put money away. You can still reinvest in your business, but you can also invest in yourself. Yeah. Well, that's worthy of a headline right there. Hey, thank you for the quick behind the scenes run through of what you do to make yourself tick and what you do to help yourself bring what you do to all of us. Uh, Thanks again for the time, Jess. Appreciate it. Wonderful insight from Jess Ekstrom here. Again, I highly encourage you to visit brightpages.com, her new online guided journal. You can sign up and use code Ziggler, and she's giving us all a free month. And her book, Chasing the Bright Side, Embrace Optimism, Activate Your Purpose, and Write Your Own Story was the muse of our first show together. You can find it wherever you get books. Coming up in episode 847, I asked my audience, my podcast audience, this simple question, what will be better in your life a year from now? I had enough comments to do a show within 30 minutes of posting, and it's intriguing to hear what different hopes and expectations people have for improving this coming new year. Uh, You should find ample inspiration and probably some new ideas from this episode. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.